let's shift our focus. And I know that I sound like a broken record this year with that stuff. You know why? Because it ain't sunk in all the way yet. Not even for me. Not even for me. Because you know who one of the biggest culprits is of letting my focus shift off Jesus onto something else is? I am. I am. And I repent before you, God, and before these people you've called me to lead right now for ever taking my eyes off you. Let my eyes be on you all day long, God. Psalm 25 says, let my hope be in you all day long. And Lord, right now, I just praise you. And I pray that you'll be my cloud in the day and my fire in the night, God. And I pray that every moment of my life I spend in your presence and following in your tracks. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give God praise? And you can stand to your feet. Stand to your feet as we open up the word of God. And, and today we are in the book of Luke in chapter 2. Yes, we're still at, yes, Bobo, we're still in Luke chapter 2, man. Did y'all watch the Christmas special? Did y'all see little Sam go, chapter two? That was the best part of the whole thing. Man, he's got more star power in his pinky finger than me and Brant do put together. So uh, that guy is something else. <laughs> Bethlehem! Yeah. Yeah, and did you see the picture of Titus in his reindeer glasses, man? Yeah, he stole those from Jaden, but still, that was, uh, that was cool. Anyway. Book of Luke in chapter 2, starting in verse 25, if I can read this. It's really small. <laughs> now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Let me have a different translation because I didn't tell him that I was using this one today, but it's okay. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Oh. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That's a good promise. That's a good promise. Moved by the Spirit. Do you see how he was waiting and then all of a sudden he was moving? We'll get to that in a minute. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what, was, what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Lord, open this word up to us today. Uh, let us see as Simeon saw. Let us see as you would have us to see. God, let us be filled with your spirit in the waiting and let us be moved by your spirit. Let us be empowered by your spirit in the moving. Lord, we love you and we praise you and it's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give God a shout of praise this morning and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now there was this guy and his name was Simeon. And he was waiting. He was waiting. How many of y'all like to wait? Nobody likes to wait. Nobody likes to wait. And yet the Bible says that as Simeon was waiting, the Holy Spirit was on him in the waiting. Nobody likes waiting, but we all have to do it, don't we? So here's the question. 
Not do you like it, but what are you going to do with it? When God has asked you to spend some time waiting, are you going to spend that time feeling sorry for yourself? You're going to spend that time focusing on what you could be doing? Or are you going to spend that time empowered by the Holy Spirit to grow and to change and to prepare, to prepare, say prepare, to prepare for the moment when God says, move. I don't know about you, but when I'm asked to wait, I tend to get distracted. Right? I mean, when I'm asked to wait, you know, I'm on this stupid phone, dude. Dude, I, 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 sometimes I get this phone out when I'm like waiting in line at a cash register. Yeah, you know, Do you guys do that stuff? I mean, it's like there's two people in front of me. It's going to take like a minute. And I'm like, I better, I better see what's on, on the Facebook there. Somebody might have put a really important update out there. I better check it out. I got to look at it. I got to look at it. And then like I walk up to the cash register and I'm like, there's my dollar. And I'm staring at this stupid phone all the time while I'm waiting. Because I feel like that I'm waiting for something to happen, so I better fill that time up with something else. And so that's what I do. But then, like I said, when I get up to the cash register and it's time for me to pay for my whatever, I'm still stuck in the waiting. Now it's time to move. I can pay for my item and go get back in my car. But even when it's time to move, I'm still stuck in the waiting. I wasn't preparing for when it was time to move. Y'all understand me here? I wasn't preparing for when it was time to move. I let myself be distracted. And lost my focus. The reason that I came into the store was to buy the item. And instead of being focused on the mission that I had before me, I got distracted by the things of the world. And so when it came my turn, they had to say, excuse me, sir, there's a line behind you. Are you going to buy this junk or not? Sometimes I get the stupid thing out of a stoplight. Anybody else do that? It'll be honest. Be honest. Be honest. Be honest. Yeah. Two or three people in here are honest people. Yeah. And, And a whole bunch of people fibbing. And that's okay. That's okay. But yeah, I mean, I'll get it. If, if there's like a long line, especially, all right, look, in, in Glasgow, you know, you're, you're coming in right here and there's like the five star to your left and the, and the, the long john's up on the hill. Y'all know where I'm at. And, and, and I get in the left turning lane and sometimes you have to sit there forever. So I'm trying, I went to the Y on my lunch break. I'm trying to get back to work. And now there's 17 cars in front of me and nobody knows which way to go because people think that, that you can go straight in the right lane and they don't get in the middle lane. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. And people are going crazy. And I'm sitting there, and I'm on the stupid phone, in the car, sitting in the traffic. Not preparing for when it's time to move, but distracted, lost my focus. And I'm looking at whatever really neat quote that Jennifer Capuro shared on her Facebook, right? Earth-shattering stuff. Yeah, boom! Boom! And I see Amber putting on makeup on the Facebook, man. And I'm like. <laughs> and Stacy shared something super funny. Mildly inappropriate. And it's okay. <laughs> and I'm laughing and having a good time. 
And the person behind me is like, and I'm like, time to go. Time to go. But look, Simeon wasn't doing that. You understand what I'm saying? Simeon wasn't doing that. The Bible says he was waiting on the consolation of Israel. And, and, and let me be real clear about what that meant. He was waiting on the Messiah to show up. He was a watchman. He was a watchman on the wall from Ezekiel. He was waiting for God to show up and wreck this whole place and set everything straight and wipe away all the sin and death and destruction in the world and make this the place that he had always dreamed about it being. He was waiting for God. You know, he was like a bride, like the song we just sang, man. He was like a bride waiting on their groom, man. He was there. He was there just, and he was waiting, and the Holy Spirit was on him in uh, the waiting. How many of us can say that the Holy Spirit is on us in the waiting? He needs to be. He needs to be. I know that he lives in us, but it's a different thing when he's on us. You understand? And what I take that for us Christians to mean is that, you know, he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit yet on the inside. We've we're, we're got a piece of the Holy Spirit on the inside, but the Holy Spirit doesn't really get on us unless it overflows out of us and starts running at our ears. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so we, in the waiting, we need to focus on the Savior. We need to be waiting on Jesus because if we're waiting on Jesus, then we're preparing for that moment when God says, move, move. And the Bible says that moved by the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit, Simeon went to the temple, moved by the Holy Spirit. Not because he, he didn't go to the temple out of obligation. You know, Vince did a teaching about this scripture last year. We know that Simeon was probably a Levite. He was probably a, a priestly person, that he was probably a cer of a certain level and had a certain amount of responsibilities. He didn't show up to church because it was church day. You see what I'm saying? He, he, didn't, he didn't show up to church because he was supposed to be there. He went because he was moved by the Holy Spirit. He, he didn't go because it was going to be something that was for him. He, he didn't go because it was going to be something that, 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 that was going to be you know, big in the culture or in the world. No, he went because he was moved by the Spirit. And he'd been preparing for this moment his whole life. What could God do with us if we would spend that time waiting? Not focused on ourselves. Not focused on the world around us. But focused on Him. Just waiting. Just waiting for that moment. Waiting, much like Christ, is waiting right now. Waiting, much like Christ, is waiting right now. Because you see, right now, at this moment, Jesus waits. He sits at the right hand of the Father, waiting for His daddy to look at Him like we talked about during worship. Waiting for His daddy to look at Him and say, Son, it's time! Waiting. I guarantee He's not distracted. He's not distracted because my Savior don't get distracted. 
That dude is laser focused all the time. And everything he does has purpose. Every decision that he makes has purpose. Every word that he spoke in the Gospels has purpose. None of those words were frivolous. None of those words were wasted. He didn't waste a syllable. He never wasted a breath. Never wasted a breath. Everything he said, everything he did, every step that he took had the purpose of God behind it. Because when he was waiting, he waited on God. And when he was moving, he moved by the power of God. And the authority and the purpose of the living God. And if we are called to be like Christ, then that's the same thing that we are called to do. To wait on Him and to move when He says move. And, and the Bible says moved by the Holy Spirit, Simeon went to the temple courts. And nothing was going to stop him from getting right where he needed to be. I don't know about you, but... I get distracted in the waiting, but also when I try to hurry, if I'm not prepared, I tend to make a lot of mistakes. Like if I try to hurry, then I fumble a lot of things. And if I would just calm down and do what I'm supposed to do and focus on what I'm doing, then I would be able to accomplish the things that I'm trying to accomplish in a whole lot better way. But instead, I tend to rush and I tend to make a lot of mistakes. And I tend to trip and fall and fumble and do this and do that and get everything done except what it is that I need to be focusing on. But if I had been using those moments previous to the move to prepare for the move, if I was waiting on God when God says move, I'd be ready to go. I'm challenging us all today to focus on God in the waiting so that when He says move, that we can focus on Him then too. Instead of all the other things of the world. And so, Simeon was waiting on Jesus in focus. And then Simeon was moving for Jesus in focus. And the Bible says this, because you promised me, Lord, you promised me, Lord, that during my lifetime that I would see the Messiah. You promised me. Man, that's a heck of a promise. And that promise drove everything that Simeon did in his whole life. It, it drove, that promise that God had spoken to him, it drove everything that Simeon had did in his entire life. That's why it didn't bother him to wait, because God promised him he was going to see the Messiah. Man, what a promise that is. That's why when God said move, Simeon moved because he thought maybe this is the day that I get to see Jesus. He relied on the promise. What kind of promises has God spoken into your life? I know of a whole bunch. I know of a whole bunch. But he promised that he'd never leave you. That he'd never forsake you. He promised that he'd be a friend that would stick closer than a brother. He promised us salvation. He promised us eternity. He promised us healing. He, he, he look, look, look. He promised us joy and peace and long suffering and love and, and kindness and self-control. He promised us these gifts, these fruits of the Spirit. He promised us these things. He promised us eternity in heaven with the King of glory.
And man, if that's not enough to keep you going, then you don't understand what that promise is. Because it's more than anything that the world has to offer. And yet we rely on the things of the world more than we rely on the things of God too often. You know why? Because we don't even understand what he's saying. You know, C.S. Lewis said that, that you know, he had, uh, that, that people that, that don't understand the kingdom of God are like children that would rather sit in a, in a slum making mud pies than go for a vacation at the beach because they don't understand what the beach is. They don't understand what playing in the ocean is. They don't understand what basking in the glory of that sunlight is. They don't understand what that's about. So they would rather sit in a slum and make mud pies than go to the beach because they don't understand. They can't even comprehend what that even means. And that's the way we are with the kingdom of God too often. We would rather sit here and play in this junk that the world, this pittance that the world has to offer us because we don't even understand what the promises of God are. It's hard to focus on something that you don't understand what is. And so Simeon goes to the temple and he sees the holy couple, Mary and Joseph there and they've got this bundle. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he knows. He knows. And the Bible says that he goes and he takes the child in his arms. Can you imagine? Holding in your hands the one that holds the world in. The apex of all creation. The king of glory. The alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. The lion of Judah and the lamb of God. And Simeon has him in his hands. And all the waiting is fulfilled. And all the moving is fulfilled. And everything that he was ever promised in his life. The hope and dreams and the manifestations of God. Everything that he had ever dreamed of or hoped for or moved for is right there in his arms. And he says, my God, I can just die right now. Because nothing in life will ever compare to this moment right here. He had fulfilled his purpose. He had moved when the Holy Spirit said move. And now... The culmination of all this as he holds the baby Jesus in his arms. And he knew, he knew without a shadow of a doubt that there was nothing, nothing that he could ever experience that would be greater than that moment. I want to explain to you all today that there is nothing that this world can ever offer you that is greater, better, or more than being in the presence of our Savior. There is nothing that the world has to offer that can even hold a candle to who He is. There's nothing that can touch experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Nothing. There's no drugs you can take that can take you there. There's no physical, intimate experience that you can have with another person that will ever take you there. There's no amount of money that you can ever make that will ever take you there. There's no amount of, of fame or worship that you could get from other people that will ever take you there. There is nothing on this earth that compares to having a moment where you truly experience the power, the love, the glory, the grace of our King Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Yeah, man, give him praise for that because he deserves it. He deserves it. 
That moment when purpose intersects with grace is the greatest thing that could ever exist. And Simeon says, God, you can just take me home right now. You can just take me home right now because I have laid my eyes on the light of revelation to the Gentiles, that's us, and the glory of your people Israel. And it is a light that shines so bright that it is brighter than any other light that the world could ever come up with. And I've said this many times before, but I'll say it again. And the darker this world gets, the brighter that that light shines. Because the Bible says that in him was life, and that life is the light of all mankind, and the darkness will never, never, never overcome it. So the darker that this world gets, you keep your eyes focused on Jesus. And the more distraction that the world tries to throw at you, you keep your eyes focused on Jesus. And He will lead you exactly where you need to go. In the waiting, focus on Jesus. When it's time to move, you follow Jesus. When you reach the apex of your creation, you better hope that the focal point of your whole life, of your whole existence, is Jesus. Because if it's not, and this is where it gets real serious, if it's not, then you've wasted it. You've wasted it. Imagine. Imagine if Simeon in the waiting would have got distracted. Imagine if in the waiting Simeon would have got caught up on all the things of the world. Imagine if in the waiting Simeon would have forgot what he was waiting for. And then when God said move, he wasn't ready. When God said move, Simeon said, wait a minute, Lord. I know I'm in line. But this is really interesting. I know I'm in line waiting on you, Lord. But I'm pretty high right now. I know that I'm in line waiting on you, Lord. But I have got work to do in the, in the natural. I know I'm supposed to be waiting on you, Lord. But I've got so many other things to do. What if in the waiting, Simeon's focus wasn't on Jesus at all? And then when God said move, and then when God said move, and Simeon was late, or Simeon went to the wrong place, or maybe Simeon didn't go at all, 
And he never got to hold Jesus in the temple. And he never got to speak that word to God. And he never got to speak this word to Mary. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause, to cause falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. But Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul too. In that he prophesied the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. But what if he was late? And what if he wasn't there at all? And what if he never went? And what if you're late? And what if you don't go at all? And what if in all this waiting, things are being put together and orchestrated together that you might go and fulfill your purpose in the living God? Will you be ready when God says move? Because let me explain this to you. God doesn't want a little bit. God wants it all. He doesn't want a little bit of your focus. He wants it all. He doesn't want a little bit of your time. He wants it all. He doesn't want a little bit of your attention. He wants it all. He doesn't want a little bit of your heart. He wants it all. He doesn't want a little bit of your soul. He wants it all. You know why? Because my God is an all-consuming fire. And He leaves nothing behind when He comes through.